Welcome to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas, clinical psychologist, couples therapist, and founder of The Thomas Connection. I help high-striving busy people let go of the pressure of perfection to create more joy, connection, and compassion in their lives. On this podcast, we promote balance of a burnout through giving you the permission to pause, the curiosity to find your purpose, and the courage to play. Welcome back to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas. In this episode, I'm talking to someone who's a real champion, someone who's gone through adversity and risen up through it and reconnected with her purpose and meaning. And if you're feeling off-put by the title here about it being about disability, well, firstly, actually, this is an opportunity for you to educate yourself and find more awareness of what it's like to live with a disability. And secondly, actually, a lot of the wisdom from this episode can apply to any sort of hardship of how we can find positive mindset around adapting to adversity, how we grow and learn from what we're facing so that we can come out the other end as a stronger person. And Heidi, my guest today, really shows us how much is possible if we have a stronger sense of self-belief reconnecting with what is really meaningful for us, what a richer, fuller life would look like, and ignoring some of the preconceived notions and norms that people in society might think that we should follow. So I hope you'll enjoy this episode where we cover some of the darker sides of the traumatic incident that Heidi experienced and how she's also adapted from that, the changes she's gone through and how that has still kept her relationship with her partner strong. So let's introduce today's guest. Heidi Herkes is a remarkable woman who has a background in hair and makeup. And then after her accident seven years ago, where she fell down the stairs and her life was changed forever, she is reconnected with her purpose by retraining as a stylist. And she shares a journey of overcoming paralysis in the hope to inspire and empower. She talks about how challenges are what makes life interesting, but overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. She has a YouTube channel which is very popular and one of the videos around how to have a sexual relationship with a disability when you're a wheelchair user has had over half a million views. So this just goes to show that this is something that is needed. We do need to talk more about disability and in this episode we talk more about the need for fair representation. So on to introducing my guest. Welcome to the Pause Purpose Play podcast, Heidi. It's so great to have you here. And we've had some tech issues setting this up, so I'm hoping that we're going to be fine during this episode. But you Pause Purpose players listening also know that I'm all about done. It's better than perfect. So if there are any glitches, please bear with us and just tolerate listening to the end because this is going to be a really, really good one. I'm really excited to have you here, Heidi. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. So we often start with kind of asking the guests to tell us a little bit about their story. You know, you've got a remarkable story of what's happened to you over the past seven years. So I wonder if you can start by telling the listeners a little bit about your story. Okay, so um, prior to my accident, I used to run a bridal hair and makeup company specializing in weddings, um, which was something I absolutely loved. I was always very creative with my hands until one day where I fell down the stairs in my home um, and I broke my neck, which left me paralyzed uh, from the chest down. And so 
I woke up in ICU about three weeks later after being in an induced coma, strapped up to various different tubes. I couldn't breathe unassisted. Um, I couldn't, I always had like a feeding tube. It was just terrifying, but it wasn't really until I started waking up from this coma that the, the enormity of everything started to hit me. And I realized, yeah, wow, okay, this is, this, this is serious. Yeah, so from there, it was really doing about 10 months of rehabilitation and trying to understand how I was going to survive in my new condition, being freshly disabled. It was something that I was, uh, yeah, quite, quite daunted by. Life was hanging upside down on a very thin string. Mm. And how did this accident, it sounds like a really awful traumatic experience for you, how did the accident leave you affected physically and mentally from your disability? I found it rather hard at the beginning, um, you know, when you're told that you're never going to be able to walk again and that you are going to need two assistance to help you with daily life was pretty shocking. But I have always been quite resilient and I do remember a lovely doctor, an Indian doctor with these beautiful green eyes came to my bedside one day and said this wonderful poem. And it goes like, hope is a thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And I tell you what, that was one of the most beautiful poems I think I've ever heard. And it really helped me. Um, it helped me going forward very much because I think if there is hope, um, and you believe in that, then anything is possible. That really gives me goosebumps, Heidi, because it's it's remarkable to have found, you know, a sense of connecting with meaning after you've been some through something that can feel really meaningless. Like, why me? Why did this happen? After you've had your life yes. turned completely upside down, to to be able to reconnect with hope and meaning and purpose, how did you do that? I think I I have wonderful people in my life. They really, really made uh, such a difference. Wonderful family, my friends. And it was sort of day by day when you start seeing little glimmers of recovery, such as, you know, I had flickers of hand movement, which allowed me then to sort of start picking things up. Um, I've had various different hand operations to allow me to do that, to regain sort of a sense of independence. And slowly slowly once you start seeing these 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 little changes that's what keeps you going if that makes sense and it's just yeah just sort of building these small little building blocks that you have to strive for and then life doesn't seem so bad at the end of the day I think as humans we're all very able to adapt in one way or another and that's kind of really what I learned and what I stick to to these days so something there about adapting from hardship and and finding new ways of living a life with these different circumstances it must have been mentally very straining I mean you telling the story now as if that sounds almost easy and it sounds and I imagine that you had some really dark moments in that journey as well that obviously yes there's hopeful that you had these new building blocks and could regain use of certain things but you must have had some lower points as well what was going through your mind in these kind of possibly darker moments these darker moments I think well you know when your life is literally hanging upside down it's it swallows you up into this very sort of black void where you don't really know what reality is anymore because everything that you've worked so hard for and everything that you've ever known 
has disappeared completely in an instance and you feel very alone, you feel very vulnerable and frightened, very frightened. But obviously being in hospital, you know, you're being looked after, even though your life is in the hands of the doctors. It's, yeah, but terrifying. It was very, very scary at that time. Mm-hmm. So you must have had quite a catastrophic thoughts around how this would impact the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being in hospital, you're kind of cocooned. I remember going to Stoke Mandeville Hospital where I did do my rehab and it's sort of like wheelchair city. Um, and that is what you're, you know, you're surrounded by. So it's not until you roll outside of that bubble into society, into the real world again, that's when it really hits you. And I think for me, that's when I realised, OK, this this is this is going to be really difficult. Mm. Now, speaking of your wheelchair, I've seen some remarkable videos of what your wheelchair can do in a way that I, I didn't know was possible. And I guess when we're talking about adaptations to have the right uh, support and technology around you to facilitate for you to have a rich, meaningful life, you know, is there anything that you can tell the listeners about what kind of equipments that, that help you day to day? Yeah, there's some fantastic uh, equipment out there, obviously some with a very hefty price tag, but you, you know, with people with disabilities, it's so accessible in the sense that You can have standing wheelchairs, which allow you to uh, manoeuvre while standing, which is absolutely brilliant. And uh, various different wheelchairs that you can design and custom make to to suit you, really. And there's also sort of robotic equipment that you can step into and walk around in. Um, I mean, technology is definitely coming on fast and thick. And it's really quite an exciting time to be in. And with regards to living life in society as a a disabled person, people can be so friendly, so helpful. And in terms of accessibility, lifts, ramps, there's a lot more happening now. So it's 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 definitely getting a lot better. Mm, So something that is easier for you to navigate now than it was when your accident first happened seven years ago. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So that's a positive, I guess, that there are things that are more thought through to make these adaptations needed. Is there anything yeah. on the negative side of that, anything you've experienced since you've been living with kind of a disabled body? Is there anything you've experienced that has been to do with that? Anything that's been biteful or hateful in any way? You know, after being 35 years as an able-bodied woman and then seven years being in a chair, you do definitely notice the difference in how people react to you. And I think that with awareness, you know, there needs to be more awareness. People's views are changing towards people with disabilities and to be able to see more disabled TV presenters and disabled models and more in the public eye it is, is great. I mean, that is happening. And I think what would also be really great if there are more documentaries made on prime TV shows showcasing the life of disabled people Because I think once people see behind the curtain and they realise that people living with disabilities are actually completely normal. So, yeah. Mm, So having a fairer representation that people can see themselves. And I think that's something we see a lot with the kind of children's books that come out these days. You have a fairer representation of of gender, of ethnicity, of able-bodied versus disabled. There's a lot happening. So I hope that the world is going to catch up 
and have fairer representation, but there's still always work left to do. So I'm glad yes. that you were able to speak about that to help inspire other people to, to ask for more, that it's, it's not okay to have places that don't have accessibility, you know, to not be able to enter a building. So I imagine that takes a lot of courage and strength to keep fighting a fight that's, that wasn't made for you, but you unfortunately have had to experience. So I just, yeah. there's a lot of I feel a lot of sort of um, admiration that you're going through that and still finding a way to release such positive videos on your YouTube channel. So I wonder if we could talk a little bit about that, of how you find the strength and the courage to keep going with what feels meaningful to you, you know, the creativity you had before your accident. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you've reconnected with that creativity and the, you know, the the things that you found meaningful beforehand, you know, the work you do around styling and things like that? Yeah, so as mentioned before, I used to run my own uh, bridal hair and makeup company and obviously not having the ability to move my hands um, as well as I did before, I had to close the business down, but I didn't want to lose the knowledge, so to speak. So I realised that at the time when I left hospital, I also didn't want to be defined by my wheelchair. I wanted people to see Heidi and not just Heidi in the wheelchair. And I realised that style was such an important tool in helping rebuild my self-confidence and my self-esteem and so I uh, retrained as a personal stylist and I um, now use all the the knowledge of hair and makeup and I put it into a whole package so to speak for other people so I run a styling company now where I help other women that have suffered through adversity look and feel better because I'm a great believer that if you look good you feel good. Mm. That's really powerful because and I guess anyone who's seen your Instagram page, which I will put the the links to in the show notes, mm-hmm. can see what a pop of color your page is. There's just it's just so uplifting to just even just scroll through through your, your grid because all the things you're wearing, they're all strong color choices. Has that been meaningful for you in any way that the choosing color and, and kind of colors to pop? Definitely. Color is one of the most powerful tools that you could ever use. A lot of people tend to wear the wrong colors and that's why they sometimes think that they look tired, they look old, that their roots are coming through. Color is such an important part of life and learning all about that was just fascinating. So it was uh, interesting at the time and also with a lot of my clients, they tend to just give away around 60 to 70% of their wardrobe just simply because the color isn't the right one for them. So color is great. You can have so much fun with it and it's really good for well-being and also how people react to you as well. So yeah, it's great fun. <laughs> so it sounds like you provide people with an inner journey and inner, an inner experience, even though you're only touching the exterior, that actually when we change what we're wearing, how, we, how we're presenting ourselves, it can also ripple inside of how we feel about ourselves. Oh, yes, most definitely. I think a lot of the ladies that I've helped along the way, it is, it's like a journey. You you develop very strong relationships with these people. You learn about them. You know, you hear so much about what has been holding them back in their lives. And just through, you know, wardrobe edits and personal shopping and how they feel at the end of it is just so rewarding to see how happy they are because it just makes me feel, feel good. I feel so happy that I'm still being able to, to, to help people, which is something that I've always wanted to do. And, and, and what I, what I did before my accident in, in that sort of way. Mm, so it's that sense of doing good feels good. And actually that is your passion. And I, I love that, that actually you needed to figure out what was Heidi, not just Heidi in a wheelchair, but 
Yeah. Where am I? What am I passionate about? And actually retraining, you know, gaining further knowledge that fitted really nicely with what you already knew. It's given you a really well-rounded opportunity for helping people feel good about the way they look. So I think that's yes. a really powerful thing you've used your purpose into. Thank you. You you mentioned in because obviously being, I was fascinated by your YouTube videos and just went through a few of them and and you mentioned how a positive mindset set you free despite being paralyzed. Can you explain what you mean by that and how that helped you move forward? I think by having a positive mindset, it just means that you need to have purpose in your life. I think to wake up every day and doing something that makes you happy or doing something that doing something that is really going to not only benefit yourself, but also benefit others is really key. And I think being positive brings, it encapsulates so many different things. You could be spending time with your family, just getting outside in the fresh air, just a hobby, just thinking outside the box about what you could do regardless of your limitations. And exercise also, I always swear by that, whatever exercise, if you can get the blood moving around your body is key. And travel too just get outside start getting connected with people it's so important I think to develop strong relationships especially at the early stages if you've been newly injured um, because those people you know they're there for a shoulder to cry on to giggle with to go for a walk with because at the end of the day you know people in this world is what makes things happen and that's why I loved Instagram so much I joined this platform to connect with people from all walks of life and learn about their story because behind every square there everyone has a story to tell and and you can and you can share all of that um it's just thinking outside the box thinking about what is going to ultimately make you happy Hmm. and I love that that when you talk about positive mindset is about finding something that feels purposeful and meaningful rather than just think positively because I think that there's a real shift around that and I don't know if you're familiar with the term toxic positivity and that's something I talk about a lot on the podcast there it's not you know it's not just saying well at least you have this or think think on the bright side it's actually making space yeah. for all the negatives and still finding meaning and purpose even though you're going through hardship I think that's very different to just yeah. think positively and it, it sounds to me that that's what you've done like through your adaptations through the different ways of engaging with life again you found something that made it feel bright again rather than yeah. at the bright side it's just you know going through these hard things is that fair to say definitely absolutely so I've been getting a lot of both light and dark from you I don't think we can tell your story whilst glossing over the hard parts I don't think we can capture the experience you've had without talking about the negatives but I really, really like how you also shine brightly after that. I wonder if one area that we, we've kind of talked about around the adaptations, I wonder if you, you mentioned that you and your partner have been through quite a lot um, in your long-term relationship since your accident. And you have a video where you speak about how to reconnect with intimacy after disability. What words yeah. of wisdom do you have for any listeners who have a physical impact from their disability, for instance, for wheelchair users? Is there anything you can mentioned that could feel inspirational or helpful for them well firstly I think with regards to um you know sex and disability there seems to be a lot of misconceptions people have this sort of preconceived idea that people with disabilities can't have sex they can't have an intimate relationship which is far from the truth but I think generally speaking people are too afraid to ask about it because they feel awkward about the subject so uh, it just needs to be spoken about a little bit more, which I actually spoke uh, about on Steph's Pack Lunch not so long ago. 
to sort of air my opinion on it and made this YouTube video just because I felt so strongly about it because it does need to be normalized. You know, we're all human beings, we're all wired in the same way. And with my partner of 13 years, you know, after even after this life-changing huge accident, it didn't move the dial at all on our sexual relationship. Nothing changed. In fact, you know, we just got on with it. We didn't have the conversation and think, okay, so shall we move your right leg to this week? We didn't, you know, we just got on with it, threw me around a bit and the rest is history. But yeah, I think it's just important for people to be be okay with that, have fun with that and just explore, especially. Yeah. There's a huge sense of curiosity and playfulness needed to just not have preconceived notions uh, about what is possible and what isn't possible, but just play around with it and I guess figure out what feels good for both of you. And in your video, yeah. you also talk about sort of the use of technology of how if there are any, uh, any equipment that can help you find more comfort in your intimacy, can you think of anything that you can recommend? Yeah, I mean, you've got various different wedges, so it depends on your level of mobility, I guess, but uh, wedges are really, really great to kind of um, get into various different positions. Um, and I mean, you can go as kinky as you want. There is a lot out there, you know, like swings and all sorts of kinky stuff that you can really try. Just Google will be your best friend if you want to go down that route. Mm, so just your imagination that puts a stop to what, what you're willing to try and, and finding other yeah. ways of connecting intimately. Yes. How has that affected your relationship uh, on an emotional level? Because we've talked about the intimate physical level, but what about the, the emotional level since the accident? With my partner? Yeah. Yeah, the emotional level is just really just wonderful I mean James has always said to me that he he doesn't even notice the chair and he never did um we are very good friends and we just just get on with it it has become like the norm you know when I first had my accident I was terrified about how he would perceive me I was embarrassed I just didn't want him to see me in the state that I was in and the fact that I'd be using a wheelchair then for the rest of my life. But he's always really made me feel so okay with it. And that is just something is just really, really, really lovely. Just, I guess it goes, goes to show that those who, who love us, those around us who support us and are there for us, never judge us as harshly as we judge ourselves. That's correct. Yeah. It's a really powerful story there. And I guess when we think about that kind of coming to what I said in the very beginning, when I uh, introduced you saying that your, your quote of how challenges are what makes life interesting, but overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. Yes. How, what do you put into that quote? Yeah. So by that, I mean, it's important to know your self-worth. So just because you're, you're disabled, it doesn't mean that you can't offer as much as an able-bodied person. Um, I think it's important to really get a good understanding of who you are and what your needs are and never settle. Um, I think it's important also not to compromise yourself. You know, there, there are going to be roadblocks, but it's just about how you're going to find the solution to those problems. And there is always a solution, no matter how bad something feels at the time, or if you think that you're never going to be over to overcome something, it's only something you feel in the moment. Um, it doesn't last forever you know so that's that's really powerful Heidi to think about constantly coming back to what is meaningful for me rather than having 
preconceived notions or rules or norms that we have to live up to from society that you dictate what feels like a meaningful rich life for you that's one of the big things we do on this podcast is to talk about purpose and and you've shared very clearly how you found your journey into your work and how you found this purpose and passion but what about the opposite when we're not moving forward when we're actually needing to think about stillness because you've achieved a lot with these adaptations you know adapting from a traumatic accident building an online presence and inspiring other people how do you find rest and recovery and giving yourself that permission to pause very difficult <laughs> I'm always yeah like a lot of my friends and my yeah, friends and family always say just slow down but I like to be busy and if I'm not being busy and productive then I feel like I don't know um, I'm losing out on something perhaps having said that I always make sure I go out you know I have my downtime I love going outside in the fresh air I have a three-year-old golden doodle dog Sadly, he's a bundle of joy and we get out most days and just go for really long walks, which is wonderful. Um, I love interior design. That's my escapism. My Pinterest board is full to the brim. And uh, yeah, also artwork, painting um, and travel, which is also something that I absolutely love. I can't do, unfortunately, at the moment. But I, I do have my rest days, absolutely. But only if I know that I've been a little bit more productive than I Kind of wanted to be on that day so. So, so you do try to find some balance there but it sounds like your downtime or feels like recharging for you is still quite an active thing so going outside having walks but also doing artwork and creativity and that's that's absolutely fine there's not like the only way to rest is to have complete stillness some people find that they rest more when they're doing things that feel fulfilling but aren't about their work like for instance that's playing, right. playing the piano or listening to music or whatever it might be that they do what do you then do to play what is purely fun and spontaneous and playful for you, where there's no must or pressure to do things for productivity? What do you do for oh, that? Oh, yeah. My fun would be, you know, watching a really great movie. I'm all about great movies. Um, I love to meet up with my friends. Um, if I can go to a nice restaurant or a really cool bar or an art exhibition, you know, wherever the wind takes me, really. Um, when life starts tick-tocking over again. Um, I love to do all of those things. And again, I love to travel. I like to let my hair down in all those sorts of ways whenever I can. It sounds like there's been a lot of these things that recharge you that have not been possible in the in the past year and the lockdowns that we've had in the UK. How have you coped yeah. with that? Um, I have just, just kept myself busy in the sense that I have been doing a few um, Zoom style makeovers with, with the ladies. Again, I've been redecorating my apartment and I have just, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it's gone by for nearly a year now. And then you have to look back and just think, what have I actually been doing? But I've been all right. I don't know. Just been every day, just getting up and there's always something to do. I mean, Instagram in itself can sometimes be a full-time job. and yeah, just keeping busy, keeping active, keeping healthy, just keeps, yeah, ticking along. Mm, it sounds like that kind of having things to do, keeping busy is something that we can do to, I guess, get through the day and feel like this has been a reason to get up in the morning. That's a reason for being here that, can, that yeah. I can sort of keep myself occupied. And I think a lot of people have done the same, that they're just trying to do whatever they can to make each day pass along until we all get let out again. Uh, so what's the yeah. first thing that you're going to do? 
um, hopefully if we're following our timeline then you know by the summer the restrictions will be lifted what's going to be the first thing you're going to do to find kind of a, a good proper break or a good proper bit of fun and playfulness the first place I'm going to is going to be a spa a very long weekend somewhere really gorgeous and just bathe in a spa and be pampered on left right and center <laughs> oh, that sounds that sounds absolutely gorgeous I am planning yeah. something similar and hoping that that's going to be possible and try to figure out what the spas count as if it's leisure center or if it's you know if yes. that counts as the restaurants because obviously if you're there for a whole day or a whole weekend you need to be served food as well so trying to figure yeah. out where they fall in the category but yeah I think you're right that that's something that we can get some rest and relaxation but also maybe if you go with someone you love or someone you care for reconnecting with a friend mm-hmm. That's a nice treat as well. So I hope that you get to reconnect with all of these things you enjoy, the traveling, everything that fills you up. And I guess sort of kind of bringing things to a close soon. I'm wondering, one question I wanted to ask you is what can be sort of inspiring and motivational for other people who want to follow their hopes or dreams if they have a disability? I think, again, just touching on the fact that it's really important to connect with people, you know, really build on your tribe because it's really important in terms of networking but also just opening up your world a little bit more and as mentioned Instagram is a really great way of doing that but if you're not interested on Instagram just get outside in the fresh air start speaking to someone create like a little community for yourself so that you can share your thoughts can share share your worries especially for uh you know in the disabled community which is large and various different things on Facebook and groups that you can join. Again, have purpose, start thinking about what it is that's really going to make you tick. And also with regards to society, you know, life is changing. So many good things are happening for people with disabilities. Disability is becoming more normalized and social media is, is, a, is a prime place that is showcasing with, you know, people with disabilities are showcasing their life with a disability like myself. So, um, you know, people are beginning to champion us. I mean, there's, there's, there's people with no legs and no arms swimming, swimming in the English Channel, for goodness sake. So everything is becoming more normalised. Uh, and yeah, there's definitely hope for the future. Mm, that sounds really hopeful, because I guess not everyone will feel like they want to be part of being that change and leading the fairer representation like you are doing. But it's actually then enjoying the fruits of your labor to actually that is going to open more doors for others because that means that they're seeing people on a daily basis and it will be easier for the next generation of children growing up. And that will just be part of who they see. We're part of many different people and different different shapes and forms that they see. And I think that is so, so important that kind of fair representation helps us build a more compassionate outlook towards all people in all different forms. So I think that is very, very helpful. Would there be any final sort of wisdom you would have, any final tangible takeaway you have to give the listeners? It doesn't just have to be people who are are affected by disability, but it might be that they're supporting someone who is as well. So would there be any permission you want to give them or any, any pressure you want to take off them? I think generally speaking, it's important not to be defined by your disability. Um, and I think, you know, in general, everybody is vulnerable, but confidence is about embracing your vulnerability and that's where I'm going to leave it I love that it is about embracing your vulnerability so when we are putting ourselves out there when we do vulnerable things often in my experience beautiful things happen we then find other people who are like-minded that we can connect with and belong with rather than having to sort of hustle so hard for everyone to approve us 
we can then yeah. find the people who are really like you said our tribe so that's really really powerful so thank you for giving me this time today and i if there's anything else that you want to say about where to find you can you let people know what your instagram handle is for instance yeah sure it is heidi herkes uh is my instagram handle and same with my youtube fantastic um, yeah I'll, I'll put that in the show notes as well so everyone can look you up and get that nice feeling of the pop of color that we can see on your grid so thank you so much again for taking the time to speak to me today absolute pleasure thank you so much I'm so glad that we managed to have this interview despite spending 20 odd minutes trying to figure out how to record it properly but you know what some of the most important valuable conversations come out of imperfections So I'm glad that you've tuned into this episode and hopefully you've learned new things that opens your eyes about disability and also maybe challenging some of your unconscious biases that you have around what that life would look like for someone who's experiencing disability. If you know someone around you who struggles with this, who hasn't come that same journey that Heidi has, perhaps sending her YouTube videos or Instagram account can serve as inspiration. And better yet, share this podcast episode with anyone that you know who's struggling with coming to terms with their disability and finding hope coming out the other end, reconnecting with their purpose and finding life to be meaningful again. And please do me the favour of rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts because it means it's more visible to other people. And the more people who tune in, the more people we can teach about these very important, difficult and uplifting topics. Until I speak to you next time, do take care of yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it's not easy when you feel busy and overwhelmed to find time for another thing to do. If this is you, if you feel overwhelmed or that you are close to your breaking point, then I've got a downloadable checklist for you that's going to help. This checklist is called Calm the Overwhelm. The first section has signs and symptoms of you being overwhelmed mentally or physically, showing you that you might be close to breaking point or burning out. The second part is actionable, easy things you can do to try to slow down and give yourself a break. And the third part is a checklist of all the things that might show up when you're asking yourself to take a break. Perhaps your inner critical voice will have an opinion about why you're not allowed to give yourself the permission to pause. To download this free resource, go to www.thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. So that's thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. This episode of the Pause Purpose Play podcast was presented by me, Michaela Thomas, and you can find me on thethomasconnection.co.uk. And because great work rests on having a great team, this episode was kindly edited by Emily Crosby Media.